Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! And welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hi, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fictional worlds, mm -hmm. two fandoms, yep. um, and cross them over much like uh, a train okay. crossing over uh -huh. a, a bunch of sure. ra random people on oh, the yeah. track, and then oh. you have to decide which are you going to hit those people, or are you going to turn the train off? Oh, to, I see what you're doing to the other track and hit another person. But really, you spoiler alert: you choose both tracks simultaneously. <laughs> no, There's one in the middle. Trains. Everybody dies. Wow. <laughs> so I think that pretty much wraps up or sums up our show. Yep. Um, yeah, I think that's it. That's well in keeping with our style. Um, but Annie, uh, how do we usually feel about the things that we're crossing over? I mean, we usually enjoy them. Yeah, I, I don't think say. we try not to cross over things that we like hate. Yeah, cause that's true. Because that, that's kind of a downer. It's kind of less fun. But yeah. Annie, how do we feel about the things we're crossing we're over so tonight? so forking excited. Oh my gosh, y'all. Uh, it's time for Walt and Annie, a Walt and Annie self-care episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've been very excited about this crossover for a little while. Mm -hmm. So we're yeah. this could be five hours long. It's true. So settle <laughs> in, folks. For yeah. Maybe one of the most like niche fandom crossover combinations. No, lots of people enjoy these things. Well, they will when we're done telling them why they should. Wow, you're welcome, McElroy's. Yeah, seriously. Really, we, Griffin, you can just send us a check. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, just an alert for anyone who is not familiar with either The Good Place or well, we haven't the told Adventure them Zone. yet. Hmm? We haven't told them yet. Oh, no. Annie, what are we crossing over? We're crossing over The Good Place and The Adventure Zone. Oh, phew. Thank goodness. Oh, my okay. gosh. Man, we headed that one off at the yeah, pass. Yeah, those are, those are points off Much your, like a train your good or bad place. running over someone on a track. <laughs> what? Yeah, thank you for stopping me. Hey, I get to announce it. You did. Do you want to announce it again? Yes. Annie, what are we what are we crossing over tonight? We're crossing over the good place and the adventure zone. And we love them both very much. We do. So much so that sometimes we get too excited and <laughs> talk true. too fast. <laughs> I get to say things now. You do. But just in case you're a person who doesn't yet love the good place or the adventure zone, uh, we're going very, very spoiler light on the first part of this episode. Yeah. And then there will be a very clear breaking point where like We'll say we'll tell you like from here on in where you're going to hear some big plot points and characters who exactly. show up because yeah. it's kind of hard to talk about both of these shows without covering those major spoilers. Yeah, and I think it is very worth listening or watching to them on your own beforehand um, because they are very twisty and turny. Um, but we're also going to convince you on why that's good. And you know what? If you don't care about spoilers, that's fine too. Exactly. Just barrel on through and yeah. listen to how delightful the crossover gets because it's going to be great. It's yeah, we're very excited. Yeah. So Annie, why don't you why don't you go ahead and get us, get us started on this trolley? Woohoo! Woo woo! <laughs> ding ding! Um, so the Good Place is a fantasy comedy television show currently airing on NBC. Who bought the show apparently based solely on a pitch by creator Michael Schur. So yeah, like they trusted him. He's and, got a pretty good track record. Yeah, and like I feel like the the pitch is pretty good for this one. Mm -hmm. So I would yeah. buy it too. 
Absolutely. Um, it, the show's already had two seasons, and the third begins on September 27th, a.k.a. next week. That's so, so get ready, soon. you messy benches. Yay, messy benches everywhere. Yay. Um, so the show follows Eleanor Shellstrap, who has recently died. Uh, but good news, she ends up in The Good Place. Huzzah! Ooh, the architect of The Good Place, Michael, introduces Eleanor to all the awesome stuff about The Good Place and tells Eleanor about how the morality system is designed to weed out the not-so-good people. Mm-hmm. So if you do real good stuff on Earth, you get to go to The Good Place. Everybody else has to go to The Bad Place. It's very mathematical. It is. It's like you literally get points. Mm-hmm. Um, but some bad news. Uh, Eleanor knows she's not a good person and totally doesn't deserve to be here. Womp womp. Apparently there's been a mix-up and there's another Eleanor Shellstrop out there who should be in the good place, while this Eleanor should be in the bad place. Uh, because Eleanor isn't a beacon of morality, she does not want to fess up to her previous bad behavior on Earth. Fairly understandable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Given You're, the circumstances. It's, it's like I could literally live in frozen yogurt land forever, mm-hmm. or I could... Like, just go to the place where snakes eat your butts all day. Exactly. Um, um, yeah, they have a lot of fun detailing the eternal tortures that are going yes, on in hell. Exactly. So, like, legit, you'd want to keep it on the DL. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately, she has her um, good place assigned soulmate, Chidi, who's an ethics professor, and he helps her learn how to be a good person and therefore earn her spot in the good place. Mm-hmm. Um, this is harder than anticipated, as name dropping neighbor Tahani feels like something's up with Eleanor. Also, weird things keep happening, and Michael knows that there's something wrong in the neighborhood. Um, so Eleanor has to like learn to be good to stop all the weirdness from happening, and also hide her true identity while uncovering some of the good places' secrets. Of which there are many. Dun, dun, dun. And then things get even more bonkers. Oh man, they go nuts. Uh, but we won't talk about that until spoilers later in the episode. Yeah, because I do feel like this is a show that has a strong enough initial hook that it's just fun. From oh the get-go. yeah, like. You don't find out this twist until, like, the the end of the last episode in the first season. Mm-hmm. So, like, the first season, you're running on kind of one set of beliefs. Yeah. And then there's this big reveal, and you're yeah. like, oh, my gosh, it's so exciting. But the first season is still fantastic. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah, like... That that's again. This is pretty much all the first season set up. Like you, any everything you find out within the first episode, basically. Yeah, for the most part. Um, so characters we have Eleanor Shellstrop, a self-centered, mean, manipulative person who just wants to be at least medium, if not good. <laughs> um, Kristen Bell knocks this one out of the park. Yeah, it's really perfect for her. Yeah, I think. Um, it's it's a hard role to play, and that mm-hmm. it's. I mean, she's a real not nice person, um, but Kristen Bell brings a lot of charm and warmth to the role. Yeah, it's like she's so good at being aggressively likable. Yeah, like she's very forceful and like very herself, but yeah. you're always still kind of pulling for her. Oh yeah, and she's she's extremely funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like even while she's being mean, she's like a real funny, cool person. Yeah. Um, but. You, yeah, you know, like, oh, I wouldn't actually like her. Right. She's a, but there's, there's again, like a charisma to, about her. Mm-hmm. Um, there's Michael, the architect of The Good Place, who just wants to make sure everything's running perfectly, uh, played perfectly by Ted Danson. I have a confession to make. What? I never watched Cheers. Really? And I really just have you ever of... seen an episode or is yeah, it like you've I never? Think, like, okay. I've seen a few, but I don't really recall yeah. them. And like, I never really got Ted Danson. Mm-hmm. And then this show, it's like from oh. the first couple episodes, you're like, oh, this is why you're, you're... considered one of the best television actors. Of oh, all time. 100%. Like, he is so perfectly suited for it. And I think it's it's interesting to see him in this role, which is allows him to be 
set like to do kind of wacky comedy mm-hmm. while also being a weird straight man yeah um he gets and, to like, be so contained but all over the place yeah which is so fantastic and i think um you know cheers he was the leading man mm-hmm. so he didn't get to do as much of that kind of comedy right and then he was on one of the like csi shows oh, that's right i totally i don't remember yeah, or on. like whichever yeah, one NCIS yeah or whatever. Um, which is just more procedural drama. So mm-hmm. he has really run the gamut when it comes to TV acting. Yeah. And he just like his sense of timing and like connection with the other performers. Like yeah. it's just you see why he is a TV star. Oh, totally. Um, so, yeah, it's glad to see. We're glad to see him here. Mm-hmm. Um, Chidi Anagonye, who is Eleanor's assigned soulmate, professor of ethics, and who's totally neurotic and can't make a decision to literally save his life. Mm-hmm. Um, Chidi is a delight and... Yeah. Like we were talking earlier, like he and the rest of the cast who like were not well known before the show, like I so believe them as their characters. Oh yeah, they're so they embody it. Like and... I know they're real people who are <laughs> actors, but I'm like you are cheaty, yeah, and you're hilarious and brilliant. So and I just want you to be happy. Yeah, exactly. So I just want to boop you on your nose. Oh, cheaty. Uh, there's Janet, a humanoid guide for the good place. She's kind of a genie with infinite power and knowledge of the universe, but designed to help people manage the afterlife. But she's very happy about it. She is. She's mm. very pleasant. Again, the actor who plays Janet. Amazing. Yeah, Perfect like, commentary. She's like human Siri, basically. Yeah, but way funnier. Mm-hmm. Even, your... even considering that Siri has jokes. Yeah, not funny jokes, Siri. Oh, you wow. should be a Janet. I'm putting Siri on blast. I know, right? She's going to come <laughs> after me. Uh, there's Tahani Aljamil, a good place socialite who wants to pretend everything is great and perfect while also being frustrated by her soulmate's lack of communication skills. Um, Jason Mendoza, a lovable dirtbag goofball from Florida. Big Blake Bortles fan. Yes. <laughs> Very vindicated over the last year or yeah, so. Yeah, I like this. So that's a plot line that like he just loves the, um, the, the Jaguars. Jaguars and, um, like knows that. They suck, but then they got really good yeah. within like a season. So, and like the writing staff was like, we don't know what we're going to do if they win. Yeah, like how do we handle this? Like the the Good Place Twitter feed had a delightful time following the Jaguars while they were playing well last year. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're rooting for them again this year. Yeah. Um, Trevor, the representative from the bad place, um, which means Adam Scott gets to play a totally non-lovable dirtbag. He still basically is, like you were saying, just Ben Wyatt. I mean, because he was so great as Ben Wyatt. So it's like you're looking at Ben Wyatt playing another role and you're Mm -hmm. like, what? You're my adorable best friend's husband. Like, Go be the mayor of Icetown. Yeah. Like, (laughs) what? You can't say mean things. But But he's he's hilarious. He's so good at it. Um, There's the real Eleanor, a human rights lawyer who should actually be perfect for Chidi. Um, Mindy St. Clair, the only person to ever get to live in a medium place. Um, Sean, Michael's boss, played... To a deadpan perfection by Mark Evan Jackson. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually know if I like him better on The Good Place or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think just because of this one line from season two of The Good Place, I'm going to vote for him oh, there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I know the exact one you're talking yeah. about. Um, he's perfect. He also does a podcast about The Good Place. Oh, I think I did hear that. Yeah, it's like he and one of the producers, I think, does a podcast. And then they have the cast come on and they talk to them about it. And I haven't listened to it yet, but I really want to. I hope they listen to our podcast. Ooh, podcast friends. Yeah, right? Well, I would totally be friends with um, Mark Evan Jackson. Mark Evan Jackson. Yes, please. Yeah. Um, And I forgot to write him down on the list, but um, we also have Derek, who's Janet's 
boyfriend that she creates. I forgot about Derek. Yeah. Played oh. by, what's his name? Uh, Jason um, Manzoukas. Jason Manzoukas. Because I wanted to be like Jason Mendoza. And then I'm like, no, that's a character. But they have more in common than not. True. <laughs> um, but yeah, again, just you get to see these awesome character actors pop up. Yeah, it's um, like the Michael Schur repertory players yeah. pop up, like the people I, who he works with all the time. You know and love them from other Michael Schur shows, yeah. so come on down. And they're used perfectly. I hope Nick Offerman pops up as God Oh, I would love point. that. Yeah. Or Leslie Knope. Either or, one. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie Knope. No, Leslie Knope. Yes. In character. <laughs> Um, some themes from the show. Um, morality and ethics is a huge one. Um, thanks to Chidi's background as an ethics professor and Eleanor's moral dilemma, the show really dives into issues of what makes a person good and bad, what history and famous philosophers have thought about what makes a person good or bad, if you're bad or just drawn that way, etc. Yeah, I mean, I really, this is one of the things I love most about the show is that they constantly name drop actual moral philosophers. Oh, yeah. And, and like theories them. of philosophy. Yeah. And they like illustrate the different schools of thought on it, but they do it in such a funny way and it just shows that like everyone in the writing room has both done their research about this but also has a fun attitude about it and a fun approach yeah and like i like it as a show that it's very upfront about them dealing with issues of morality because Mm -hmm. the people they're the cat the uh the characters are literally in the afterlife right and one of the yeah exactly um but it's again it's just such a fun way to kind of pull in yeah. History and morality will also be kind of being kind of wacky and funny. Yeah. And it feels like whereas even shows like Lost, which I loved, would like pull in philosophers for like cred a lot of the time, like they would name their characters John Locke or and they would deal with those kinds of debates, but they would deal with them in sort of a genreified kind of way. I feel like The Good Place like actually unpacks these ideas, but always, always makes the jokes come first. And it unpacks the ideas and it, it's, it doesn't like pretend that. It's like, oh, well, John Locke would have said this, mm-hmm. which is very serious. It's like, well, these are these schools of thought. And right. it's not like one is right and one is wrong. It's just the, these very different schools of thought of um, moral ethics. Right. And ultimately, they were all wrong. So they get to talk about them as schematics for thought as opposed to like the right answer or the wrong answer. Yeah. Um, and like in something like Lost, obviously, it's a drama. So yeah. people are taking things very seriously. Whereas The Good Place, you have you can have moral discussions but then also like nine thousand puns for chowder restaurants yeah and like shrimp cocktail dispensers <laughs> yes that have a white chocolate oh, dispenser for, option for some reason <laughs> um so yeah so that's all the, the balance is great and kind of tied to morality and ethics um is goodness for goodness sake um like so can you be a good person without expecting something from it mm. eleanor tries to change for the better but she's also doing it to get thrown um get a Oh, to avoid getting thrown into the bad place. Right. Like she knows that there is an objective reason. Yeah, that is like real selfishly good for her. Right. Um, so the show looks at what it means to be a good person without expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and also what does it mean to be human? Yeah. Um, Michael and Janet in particular wrestle with this question since they're not humans but are around <laughs> humans all day and are fascinated by their feelings and drama. Yeah, there's so much fun with like the way that they interact with the rest of the world. Yeah. Like, like even in uh, in the clip we just watched of like the preview of season yeah. three, there's Michael is spends this whole monologue amazed by the fact that on Earth there's a building that is simultaneously a Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell. It's amazing. Yeah. He, and then he's like, or earlier he's like, oh, I'm going to ride a bus mm-hmm. and should I sit in a front facing seat or a side facing seat <laughs> I'm just delighted yeah um, so some things I like and think other people will like 
Um, first, it's freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. I laugh out loud at least once per episode. Um, again, just the cast is so perfect. The writing yeah. is real uh, spot on. The editing is ideal. The yeah. set design, like all the production design is oh, yeah. so great. And it, they have, like they fit in all these cool or funny puns mm-hmm. into the set design. Like yeah. the you know, names for restaurants are always punny. It's just hilarious. Yeah. Um, and it's a really creative and thoughtful approach to a show about the afterlife and morality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think a lot of shows dealing with that are generally dramas. Right. Um Yeah, and it's, it's like it's grounded in those questions, but then it's it just goes anywhere that it can. Yeah. Um, and it's a show that keeps you on your toes. Mm-hmm. Like I had some expectations in season one, and by the end of it, it's all blown to pieces. Um, now I watch, and I never quite know where the show is going or how it's going to get there. And I love that. Like yeah. it's like very like smart and aggressive about its plotting. It doesn't mm-hmm. just kind of waste your time. Yeah, no, it burns through plot. Like yeah. it, it moves through ideas, like. Things that other shows I feel like would spend four or five episodes working on. They just like, we'll get through in a half an episode. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, wow, cool. I don't know where you're going to go from there. Yeah. So it keeps things really interesting in a, like in a surprisingly dramatic way while never losing sight of the show's like comedy and warmth and like wackiness. Yeah. It always feels like things are evolving along a steady pace while the plot is going everywhere. Yeah. over the place. So the characters stay really consistent and grow, but the world around them goes absolutely nuts. Yeah. And it's delightful. It is. And like, I mean, we're again, we're going into season three. I'm like, how, how can you keep this going? Mm-hmm. Like where, like, where are we going to go by the end of season three? That's crazy. Right. Like it feels it every season, especially ends feeling like, well, there's nowhere to go after this. Yeah, exactly. Like, but in, in a good way. Yeah. In a great way, because I think it, it earns so much trust from you as an audience member that you just, you're willing to go with it and be like, yeah, let's see where, where Michael Sher wants to take it. Yeah. Basically uh, he can do whatever he wants and I'll well, watch it. Yeah. On TV. On TV. Like don't go like, punch a baby or anything oh yeah no no but if he wants to write a show about punching babies i'll, I'll watch the pilot i mean sure <laughs> those babies get paid real well it's true those it's are true. hollywood babies they've done all the fight choreography so no one's like and they're so actually smug. getting punched and they're so smug <laughs> there's hollywood baby yeah right oh my god sometimes i think about like the kids who are on commercials and mm-hmm. like going, you know, not like you're on a TV show and you're a famous kid, but like the kids who were just like, oh, I did a Welch's. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, then you go to your middle school and do you like walk in and be like, oh, yeah, when I was on set the other day yeah. and everybody your, just hates you. Pull up in your Lamborghini power wheels. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not for middle school. It's a custom order. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'd get pantsed. Yeah, actually, that might be an inverse coolness. Yeah. Thing. But somebody's tried it. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. If you have tried to ride a Power Wheels to your middle school and live to tell the tale, <laughs> you let us know. Please tweet at us. And especially if there's a photo. Exactly. Um, so speaking of um, potentially living to tell the tale and um, potentially questionable decisions. Ooh, yeah. Um, do you want to tell us about The Adventure Zone? Absolutely. Good segue. Thank uh, you. Yeah, The Adventure Zone uh, is a live play narrative tabletop role-playing podcast from the McElroy brothers um, who have a veritable 
podcast empire with their family. They do like 8 billion different podcasts, but uh, The Adventure Zone is my favorite and was my introduction to their sort of empire. Um, The Adventure Zone started in 2014. It's still going on. Um, What sets it apart from their other podcasts is is that it is narrative and that it's them playing tabletop role-playing games, but they're creating stories within it. Uh, And we're specifically tonight going to be talking about the show's first arc, which was called The Balance Arc, uh, which ran for 69 episodes nice and Hi-o. featured uh the dungeons and dragons system um that was originally supposed to be it for the podcast that was all that they set out to do and they actually started it just as a total goof um i think they were coming up on some time on their main podcast my brother my brother and me where uh i think justin was going to be on uh having a kid and they weren't quite sure how to juggle some time so they just did like a one-off episode where they played dungeons and dragons with their dad clint um and i think some of them had played it before but mostly it was just them all sitting down for the first time to play dungeons and dragons online uh and it blossomed into this thing that they actually liked doing so they started a spin-off podcast and uh again the whole thing started off as just this total goof uh with the hook of three funny brothers playing D&D badly with their funny dad uh but somehow over the course of those 69 episodes um they got really into it and the story and the podcast matured and grew into honestly one of the most beautiful kind-hearted and satisfying narrative experiences that I have had in like literal years and like so Walt listened to the whole thing Mm -hmm. had many feelings oh so many feelings and he was like oh my gosh you have to listen to this Mm -hmm. and you know at some point we were driving and he was like here's some episodes and I was like okay well that's pretty fun Mm -hmm. like sure but it's a tall order to be like you need to listen to 60 hours of a thing yeah and especially the first like, I don't want to say arc, but the first kind of chapter. Yeah, I would say arc. In the I think arc. the first arc or so. Well, because, like, it's a balanced arc, so is it, like, a... The first, let's say, yeah, I guess chapter makes sense. Yeah, so the first chapter, I was like, eh, no, I'm not really into it. It's mm-hmm. whatever. Because it's them figuring out the rules and figuring And they're just out... kind of goofing around. Yeah. Um, so I was, like, very underwhelmed. Um, but we also, I mean, we play D&D, and mm. so I was like, okay, well, at the very least, it's, like, You know, it's got given me some ideas for both what I can do as a player and what I can do as a DM. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, well, I can I can listen to some more of this. But I didn't feel a real motivation. Um, And then by the time I got to like the penultimate chapter, Mm -hmm. like halfway through that, I remember like listening to it at the gym and like trying not to cry yeah. and like getting so mad at Walt. I think I texted him <laughs> and I was like, what have you done? He was pretty upset. Um, I was like, you, you, you made me this way. <laughs> because I actually sat on my hands and managed not to warn you about anything. Yeah. Cause I was like, oh, well, this is fine. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I guess I'll keep listening. And like at certain points I was like, oh, I like this part better. And then I was like, oh, this part isn't really working for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting to that ending, like, again, like that penultimate and final chapter, mm-hmm. it like, it just comes together in this beautiful emotional arc and yeah. like the stupid McElroy's making me feel my feelings. No, they have so many feels. Um, but yeah, I think the, the real podcast, I mean, Half of the joy of it is listening to them, the four of them, discover and deepen their relationship to the story they're telling as they go. I think sort of 
led by Griffin McElroy, who's the DM for the adventure, um, sort of uncovering this nascent ability to really craft a compelling story and characters. Um, but the that's all the sort of high-level stuff. We're Again, we're not going to talk about the spoilery stuff yet. Um, the basic setup of the story, um, those first few sections that, again, are them kind of discovering D&D as a game and learning the rules and trying to figure out how to be a character, which is a very different kind of thing to do when you're doing a role-playing game. Um, uh, the story of Balance centers on three adventurers. You have human fighter Magnus Burnsides, dwarven cleric Merle Highchurch, and elven wizard Taco, you know, from TV. Um, the three goofuses get wrapped into a plot to investigate a lost mine containing heretofore untold riches. Um, the first couple of episodes of the series actually follows the uh, starter adventure that D&D put out when they released 5th edition um, called Lost Mines of Fandelver. Uh, and it sticks to it pretty closely for about an episode, but very quickly diverges uh, and they start paving their own ground within that story. Um, there's a really clear moment where Griffin has been naming the non-player characters what they are named in the Lost Minds of Fandelver adventure, and then he eventually hits a character who he just decides he refuses to name the fantasy name, and they all decide to name him Barry Blue Jeans. Yay. And like, that's the moment where they start taking ownership of this story. Um, so the three adventurers who eventually take on the truly unfortunate team moniker Trace Horny Boys for no real reason. I, for, I actually forget the arc yeah, that it pops up. Yeah, I was but, like, I, I can't even remember why. Yeah, but it sticks. Um, they eventually complete the adventure and discover the secrets of the mine, but at massive and terrible cost due to their being really, really bad at stuff. Um, they cause a lot of problems for a lot of other people and do a lot of unintentional damage. Um, the aftermath of their mistake puts them in touch with the mysterious Bureau of Balance, which is an Ooh. organization based on the moon, which seeks to maintain order in the world by locating a series of ultra-powerful artifacts known as the Grand Relics uh, before they can be used to bring cataclysmic danger upon the whole of reality. So it's really kind of a classic fantasy structure where the first chapter, uh, Here There Be Gerblins, is like the prologue where they're meeting each other, they're discovering the world a little bit, they're getting to know their powers, and then they get hooked into the Bureau of Balance and they get this plot of they need to find these grand relics and that each grand relic takes them on an individual chapter of adventure. Um, the high-flying fantasy hijinks ensue after that. Um, the adventurers, as they look for the grand relics, move them into settings like a Mad Max-style car race in the desert, a murder mystery on a train, a time-locked western mining town, a quickly crystallizing space station, and more. Um, along the way, the three players, like I was saying, uh, master and deepen their characters, and Griffin, who's the DM, kind of finds this storyline that pulls the best out of everybody and ends up tying it all together in a way that both fills in the backstory for the main characters, adds in a whole lot of really deeply compelling non-player characters, and constructs this world-altering plot with immense, you know, planar and also interpersonal stakes, uh, and then gives really, I think, one of the most perfect endings to a story like this oh, that I've totally. ever heard. Like, the whole last, last episode is... I mean, a perfect combination and then a lot of like the best, most choice kind of fan service you could ever want because it's just giving the characters and the players and the listeners like what they've earned over the course oh, of Oh, totally. The when you've listened to it for like, you know, was it 80 something hours? Yeah. 
you or probably more. Yeah, you're you, invested. Yeah, and, and like you, you just want to kind of see off these characters that you've learned to love. Absolutely, and I think it's so indicative of the kind of stories that you tell in D&D because Griffin in the last episode is giving not just the characters what they need but also the players like it's it's taking care of everybody in the game and everybody involved yeah and making sure that you know they both have a hand in how they're done and how they finish out the story but they're also given these gifts that they've that they deserve um so the characters like i was saying Far and away the strongest part of the whole podcast, um, led by the McElroy's humor. Um, you have the main three characters. Uh, first is Magnus Burnsides. He's the brash fighter who always rushes in and is trying to forget a tragic past. Um, you have Merle Highchurch, who's played by the McElroy dad, Clint. Um, he's the irreverent Dorvan cleric devoted to Pan, the nature god, and he tries to always have fun no matter what and sort of stays irreverent and also sometimes seduces plants, which is very Wink. Uh, uncomfortable for everyone involved, especially his sons who have to play with him especially especially justin who sits in the same room with him while they record I'm sh- i love that that clint's just like i do what yeah. i want to do he clint just like finds opportunities to actively antagonize his sons and it's great and i do love that like you listen to them like they're all having fun together they're a family who obviously loves each other very mm-hmm. much and they're all nerds and they have a great time but as someone who has parents like mm-hmm. you can also <laughs> get the sense of like why your parents annoy you in certain ways Absolutely. like because Clint never remembers the rules oh yeah and like I mean when we play d and I'm always like well which one is this and like you tell me in a way that's just like oh yeah it's this one because you love me and I'm your spouse absolutely but like if I if my mom is like oh what is the email thing I do and I'm like it's forward mom so easy come on <laughs> god yeah. it's like there's so much love and so much relatability coming out all at once yes in the way that they interact um and then la- the last player character is Taco the elven wizard played by Justin McElroy um sort of the secret sneaky emotional core of the series in a lot of ways I know um He's egotistical and brash and impulsive and self-centered and always completely honest, uh, except like when he's stealing from people or lying to them to get what he wants. Um, he's very clear on who he's he is. He's honest to, about himself. Yeah, exactly. He knows himself, he knows his limits, and he's happy to share them uh, with others, but he also really wants to be famous. Um, I think... Griffin is an amazing storyteller, uh, as the the podcast reveals. I think Justin is a uh, Travis is an amazing player. I think of D and D. Like uh, I think Clint is an amazing sort of character uh, thinker. Like he embodies his character, but he also pulls in wonderful elements of himself. I think Justin is the best improviser in the entire group. Like he's just somebody yeah. who takes whatever anybody else gives him and turns it into. Uh, magic. Hey, taco pun. Um, hey But yeah, I think that he, it, it actually takes a little while to realize just how much, how consistently he's playing the character of Taco while he's being goofy and off the rails and fun. Um, he's, he's great. They're all great. Um, everyone else in the podcast, all the other non-player characters are played by Griffin. Sometimes he does voices, sometimes not. They're always great. Um, They include the director. Um, She is the head of the Bureau of Balance and has a mighty responsibility. There's Killian. Uh, She's the first of a long series of competent women who save the boys from themselves during the course of their adventures. Uh, There's Barry Blue Jeans, guy who looks like Tom Arnold. It's another thing that they decide. A young Tom Arnold. A young Tom Arnold. Yeah. Yeah. 
and wears his blue jeans. Uh, there's their first antagonist, Magic Brian. He's an evil wizard from like Sweden, maybe, probably Iceland. I don't know. I don't know. Magic Brian's great. Uh, there's Clark, a bugbear crime boss who loves tea and provides opportunities for some creative problem solving. Uh, there's Lucas, a scientist at the Bureau of Balance who handles the technological side of things. Carrie Fangbattle, one of the members of the Bureau of Balance. Uh, she's a dragonborn rogue. Um, and there's Angus MacDonald, boy detective. Um, he's exactly what he sounds like. He's a little mystery boy, uh, but a sweet, innocent bean who uh, oh, I love him. is a delightful foil for all of them, mostly because they mock him pretty mercilessly, but also grow to love him. Yeah, I've, I feel like for a while I was annoyed with how they mocked him because mm-hmm. it was like, OK, like, why are we being making dicks? fun of the small child? But yeah, making fun of this small, earnest child. Mm-hmm. But like he ends up being a character that the that the other characters all love, even while they like begrudge him how yeah. much they love him they like they haze him relentlessly relentlessly but they also trust him implicitly yeah i think uh because he's so much more competent than any of them uh there's jenkins a train attendant and a target of truly inestimable inestimable psychic abuse uh on behalf of the boys he's my favorite character voice maybe ever i mean in the podcast for sure but maybe just of all time oh wow um yeah he's a great character voice good old jenkins uh there's garfield the deals warlock uh he runs the fantasy costco which is the magical shop where they buy all their equipment Yay. um he's a crossover actually from the uh, my brother my brother and me podcast they come up with the character there and then griffin just inserts him <laughs> because of course zone. you should because he's a warlock um there are like literally 86 non-player characters in this show, so I could just list them for another hour, but I won't do that to people. I think, uh, do you have any any other favorite non-player characters? Um, who are I was not just spoilery? actually going to look up the other non-player characters. Um, There's a whole bunch. I know, right? Um, balance, arc, NPCs. There are 86, yeah. apparently. Um, I, oof, let me see. Um, Johan. Oh yeah, um, Johan. He's the Bureau of Balance's bard. Yeah. There's the Void Fish. I love the Void Fish. Mm-hmm. I I dressed as the Void Fish. Yes, Annie did an amazing Void Fish cosplay when we went to see the well, Adventure Zone live. I mean, I, now that I'm part of the Adventure Zone cosplay group, uh-huh. they're all very nice. But I'm like, oh, yeah. oh you do real cosplay. <laughs> you did. Very I real I cosplay. bought an umbrella and added ribbons to it. It was lovely and and perfect. lights. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm uh, I'm sorry, just looking through this big no, totally. old list. Um, I think. Oh, um, who's in uh, Cassidy? Oh yeah, Cassidy, <laughs> the she, mining town. I think she's my favorite voice from the series. <laughs> um, she's great. And then I think we're gonna move into some spoiler Captain, territory. Captain Bane. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. We'll move into spoiler territory. Uh, these are characters who I think. Because we need to talk about them, we're going to talk about them now. But if you do want to listen to The Adventure Zone or watch The Good Place, now is probably the time to stop because we're going to put up the red flag and say everything from here on in is spoiler free. Um, Hey, we've got Kravitz, the sexy, sexy avatar of sexy, sexy death uh, and Taco's eventual boyfriend. We've got Davenport, the wordless one. Oh, Captain, my captain. We've got Loop, Taco's twin sister. Uh, And then literally at least 70 more people. Um, Some themes and fun stuff about this show. Um, The major theme is the importance of bonds between people and the ways that stories and experiences and love can become a bond that becomes a literal strength in the end game of the game. Oh, it's so great. Uh, The beauty and joy of spontaneous storytelling. I mean, listening to the brothers and Clint discover how much 
fun and adventure and wonder they can create for themselves in this story and I think sort of unlocking the potential of D&D um, and the many ways that you can build a family I think is a big theme for the McElroys but also I think for the the Adventure Zone balance quite a bit because you get this sense of you know people who are loners or who are lost and alone finding each other and creating a really important family for themselves and then i think just like the triumph and necessity of good hope trust and happiness i mean this is a story that wants people to be kind and to be good yeah and considering that so much of the early phases are spent with them not being kind and just yeah. being sort of wacky and goofy and mean-spirited like the fact that they could pull that moral out by the end of it feels really amazing because it yeah. feels earned. Yeah, it feels like the characters have learned that in addition to the the McElroys all kind of finding out that like, it you know, it's fun for them to kind of goof around mm -hmm. and make each other laugh. But then I think they all realize that like, it's a more interesting story when they they fully like emotionally commit to the world and the characters. Yeah, and I think that a lot of that also came about by the way that they relate to their audience. I think they were getting a lot of feedback from listeners over the course of the show that I, that both I think helped them continue to work to be inclusive and be uh, thoughtful about the way that they were portraying characters, but also I think just gave them the this foundation of love and understanding that like oh these are characters that people care about and people yeah. are identifying with this npc so maybe i don't want to be mean to this npc yeah like people when you hear people invested in the characters you're creating you start to become invested more so yourself and so you start to think of them more as characters and less as just like joke goof arounds yeah. yeah as goof arounds goof em ups <laughs> While still having plenty of goof em ups. Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. We we get plenty of goof em ups in there. Yeah. But it it's a world in which you know the characters are, if not being taken care of because mm -hmm. they still face some bad stuff, um, then at least that the the characters are being treated with respect. Yeah, it's like the writer motto of like love your characters but be mean to them. Yeah. Like Aww. as a writer, yeah, like, put them through terrible things but love them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think these are two things that hey we like a lot. I don't yeah. know if you all noticed. Yay! We're fans. Um, how w let's do this crossover? How do these thematically crossover? Um, so well, I think the necessity of being good and having hope and mm -hmm. trust and happiness and all that, like yeah. you know, being a good person and making a difference in the world, like those are two big themes for both of them. Yeah, I think like it's the idea of kindness is so huge. I mean, there's that moment in the good place where. Uh, where Michael shouts like because friends yeah. in response to something because like he wants he's learning to be friends with humans and it's yeah. like this idea that you're forming a connection and helping someone else is how you become good and that that many ways you can build a family yeah. like I think um, you know in the good place we see especially throughout the first season like why Eleanor is the way she is. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it comes from, you know, not having a loving and supportive family and mm -hmm. feeling like she's really isolated and can't trust other people. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if the world is going to be a dick to her, she'll be a dick to the world. Exactly. It's like such a defense mechanism. Yeah. Um, and kind of once she realizes that these other people are people she can love and depend on, um, mm -hmm. she she really grows and changes. Whereas, um, and again, we're, we're spoiling both things yeah, here. Absolutely. So in the... Um, the end of, or toward the end of the second season like 
she passes a morality test. Yeah. And like no one else does at that point, but she doesn't, she pretends that she didn't so she can stay with them and help them. Right. Like, um, and again, like she could be off to the good place the, for real and right. leave her friends behind. Um, but yeah. at that point it's like, no, she, she cares about them. She doesn't exactly. care about just herself. Yeah. And I think that ding, that, that loops over so well with like somebody like a character like Taco, who is so defined by being a loner and by looking out for himself. And then like narratively, gets handed this sister he had forgotten and yeah. like forced to acknowledge this connection that was lost. Like there's Aww. there's such a feeling of like, oh, you're probably like this because there's some psychic trauma of like you've you've had this thing ripped away from you that you don't yeah. even know was gone. Yeah. Um and then watching him come to terms and Justin as a player imbu- fold that into the character of this idea that like no, you have someone else that you do live for and yeah. that you do su- support. And then, like, Taco, whose thing is, Taco's good out here, who's very, like, distanced Mm -hmm. from the other characters, that he really creates this little family for himself, which is wonderful. It's the greatest. Yeah. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I think, actually, thematically, these are really closely intertwined. Um, Oh, totally. You know, and I think they they certainly have the humor connection as well. Yeah, and the the fantasy aspect, like, wackiness. Yeah, the the fun of world building. Yeah. And, like, fun fun side characters. Yeah. You know? I think when... um... When I had finished the Adventure Zone and I was like, oh, wow, you know, I know I knew Walt had it on the list for us to cross over. And I was like, oh, man, what are we going to cross it over with? And I was like, oh, it's too bad we already did Steven Universe Mm because that, again, has a lot of similar themes and great stuff. Um, But then I thought of The the Good Place and I was just like, oh, my gosh, I want to talk about these so hard. So let's go ahead and talk about the real crossover of this. What is the fan fiction version of these two universes colliding oh man um so are we starting because the good place is in progress like it is not Mm -hmm. complete right are we starting after the end of the balance arc is it are we in the middle like Mm. where are we in time for that one yeah that's a good Mm -hmm. question um I don't know. I think maybe we can pull like do what the, the adventure zone does in their live shows which is like put this after after the, the after events, balance arc, but then still like, people are like close enough in time before. Yeah, it's recent. Yeah, I think maybe even like I think the hunger could still be a factor. Maybe like mm-hmm. if it's like out in a different realities or something. Mm-hmm. Like if we want to go in that direction, that's true. Yeah. So yeah, I think like either like right before to... or right after the culmination of Adventure yeah. Zone. Yeah, let's say right after. Yeah, because then it's like you know, Loop is back and Barry's yeah. back and all everybody remembers things. All yeah. our good friends. Hmm. Um, yeah. So uh, so I think you know one of the funs of D and D and of uh, I think of the Adventure Zone that sort of embraced was this idea of like multiplanar systems. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Uh, you know which and multiple realities yeah. so like maybe there's a period like a window of time right after the finale of adventure zone mm. where they need to go and like salvage some other realities well that yeah they, maybe the and maybe they need to see to make sure that the hunger is gone from those other yeah. realities it's like okay well we we are pretty sure we defeated it mm-hmm. but I mean, with all the planar systems, like if there's any little bit out there, we need right. to make sure that we take care of it. Because it really is like a virus. Like yeah. It's this virulent thing that could re- regrow. Um, and so maybe like, maybe the universe, the good place takes place in was never actually like overrun by the hunger. I have a thought. Uh, you have a thought. Give me that thought. So the universe of the good place is mm-hmm. the bad place. Sure. What if that was a creation of the bad place? 
What if the hunger hunger. came from the bad place? What if, yeah, what if John was like influenced by Adam Scott's character? Well, what if he was influenced by Sean? Oh, yeah. What What if that was another experience? Yeah, exactly. Like, what if that was another neighborhood, basically? It could, okay, so if the hunger was a neighborhood that, like, what if it got out? It was like there's been a cover up. Like, Sean was an architect who created this neighborhood. Yeah, because, and Michael's trying to be, he's been trying to cover up his failed experiment. Mm -hmm. But then really, Sean's failed experiment was the hunger. Yeah, and like, so John, I think, was someone who was in this neighborhood. Yeah. And then managed to figure out, like like Griffin says, the the rules of the reality. Yeah. And managed to break out, and that spread throughout the universe. So, like, yeah, I think the boys are following the hunger back to its source. And they find the initial universe. Yeah. And like maybe like they show up in an empty neighborhood with a yogurt stand all burnt out. And then there's like a door leading into the broader good place, like the the administration office. The the broader good place, bad place. Yeah. The bad place, like the offices where, where Michael and company are working. Yeah. So that's their like way in. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. Right. This is good. All right. Cool. We got Uh, our starting point. So... They, they get there. Mm-hmm. Um, by this point, I, I'm guessing Eleanor and company would have realized this is the bad place. Sure. Um, we have to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe it's a kind of point where they they take the train to the bad place. Yeah. Like, or bad place headquarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're in the headquarters. Yeah. The star blaster bursts in through the door, through the ceiling. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, like, or this door opens up and, you know, the, and Trace Orny boys. Yay! The only way I know how to refer to them is a group. Yep. Um, but yeah, like, run in. And so, so what are they trying to accomplish? So, maybe, I mean, maybe it's a thing where, you know, they, they know that there is some more out there. Mm-hmm. And they they have to come back to the source. So Trace Horny Boys are there to like destroy the hunger. Yeah, and they want to find the architect. Yeah, they want to find Sean. Yeah, but, like Sean wants to keep this under wraps. Yeah. So now I think maybe like there's reason for him to need to work with Michael, so that he's trying to like quid pro quo. Yeah. To make sure that like we handle this problem. Yeah. So do they launch? Okay, so in order to keep things a little manageable, or at least get get some of that like good place spirit mm. early on. Do they launch the Adventure Zone characters into the neighborhood and, like, wipe their memories? Oh, yeah. Like, they become residents of the neighborhood. Yeah, okay. Because Sean is oh. like, Michael, you need to put this. So maybe maybe it's not when Eleanor and company have gone to the Bad Place headquarters. Maybe it's still. There's, it's in the in, reboots. Yeah. They're they're in, yeah, rebooted. so it's basically reboot cycle. Mm-hmm. And Sean realizes that this is like while Michael's realizing that his experiment has gone bad mm-hmm. and doesn't want Sean to know, Sean is realizing that his original experiment has gone has, very bad. Has come back to haunt him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and doesn't want anybody else to know. So he is using Michael, who th- whom he thinks has everything under control. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, to, they're sort of gaming each other. Yeah. So, yeah, you've got Michael and Sean sort of navigating around each other, trying to, like, they both kind of know something's off. Yeah. Um, but they but they can't, like, try to investigate the other one because right. they're, they're afraid that the other one is going to find out what's wrong with yeah, them. They're so embroiled. And I think, and then I think, like, in the same way that Michael has to keep rebooting The Good Place, more and more Adventure Zone characters keep streaming into yeah. this portal. And I think, like, maybe, so do 
Taco, Magnus, and Merle, they've obviously been through a reboot cycle before. Do they, yeah. like, recognize what's happening? Oh, yeah. So maybe, um, oh, who's the, the goddess? Uh, Istis. Of, Istis. Istis. Um, so maybe, like, she's alerted uh-huh. to some, like, this kind of reboot yeah. thing and, and is trying to contact... So, Trace Horny Boys and their friends. <laughs> their friends. And yeah, so she's trying to tell them. I think at this point, like, we can get into the moments when, like, Eleanor and Chidi and uh, and all of them become aware of the reboots as well. Yeah. And so they start working with Michael. Like, I think the I think Merle and Magnus and, and all of them, like, start to become aware as well. And so they're trying to yeah. wake each other up and, uh, and, yeah, not go all stolen century again on themselves. Yeah. So, so how do they... It seems like we still have two kind of groups of people. How mm-hmm. do they interface? Yeah. Well, I mean, the first the first question is who is everybody's soulmate? Oh yeah, soulmate because shuffle. I mean they do. Yeah, they did need to shuffle people around. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna say they would put um, Tahani and Merle together That's because amazing. they would they would hate each other. They would hate each other so much. Yes. Yes. Um. Uh, I. Th- I was going to say Taco and Jason, but I actually feel like they would get along. Oh, totally. I think, well, I'm going to say Magnus and Chidi because Magnus rushes in and Chidi has never rushed into anything as that in is his true. life. That is true. Um, maybe Taco and Eleanor. I think they would mm. get along at first. Yeah. And they would think they were having a yeah. great time and then gradually torture each other. I think, well, because I think they're pretty similar. Yeah. I think they and have also, a lot of like trust issues. Yeah. And, they're very closed off. Yeah. And I think it's like, I feel like the soulmates on The Good Place are very platonic. Oh, as yeah. Well. Like it's, and some of them are romantic. Yeah. But it's like, it's, yeah, it's more about like personality pairings. Right. Um, because, yeah, they're all in love with each other. Like with step with other pairings at various points too. Yeah, and it's I mean the whole soulmate thing is fake anyway. Right. So, so it's really just about who's going to torture them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like Taco and Eleanor. Yeah, they would start off having so much fun eating so much shrimp cocktail. Yeah, like judging people, getting all the frozen yogurt. Yep. And then they would just gradually start to hate one another. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Yeah, Merle would like let the garden at the mansion grow totally ridiculous. Oh, exactly. Um, um, and would just have a messy and would messy like walk like walk around shirtless mm-hmm. and li- listen to Jimmy Buffett and yep. Tahani would like like basically like want to like wrestle him into normal clothing. Yeah, and she would be like, "What have I done to deserve this?" And she's such a tall, statuesque person. Oh, yeah, and he's just a little dwarf. Yeah, right. <laughs> she would be like, "Oh my gosh, is this is this really my soulmate? Are you yeah. are you sure?" I feel like Jason and Killian would have um, to uh, would have to be soulmates together because Killian is endlessly competent and Jason oh, true. is not. Is there a better one? I, yeah, there might I'm, be a better one. Oh, um, Ang, um, Angus, 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 and Jason. Yes, yes. absolutely. I think Angus would just—he would not understand anything about Jason. Yeah, he would and, be like, "Wait, what? Why he, would you do that, sir?" And he would very potentially figure out incredibly early on that Jason was not a monk. Yes. And then would be too polite to say anything about right. it. And so I think like Angus could start would start unraveling this. Yep. But I think maybe like every time it gets rebooted, the main character Magnus and Merle and Eleanor and she mm-hmm. like they all remember. Yeah. But Angus doesn't, but he just keeps getting more and more frustrated and he doesn't know yes. why. He just like keeps waking up angry. Yes. <laughs> oh, poor Angus. He 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 always figures it out within then, like ten minutes. Oh yeah. But then he, they reboot and he has to redo it all over yeah, again. Yeah, he has to start all over again. Um, oh, I really like this. Uh, yeah, 
I think, I mean, this is moving a little bit into games already. Yeah. But in a way that feels sustainable. Oh, totally. And, cool. and I mean, the um, soulmate thing is going to be the big one. I don't yeah. think we're going to have as as many like kiss your faces. Or like battle domes. Yeah. Um, like it's going to be like the good guys versus the bad guys. Like basically everybody versus Sean and yeah, and I think Yeah. And so I think like maybe opening the portal into this world. Um, has allowed the other Adventure Zone characters to come in, but has also allowed some of the re- the hunger remnants to sneak in. Yeah. And so it starts getting stronger. Yeah. And so I think, like, Sean is trying to cover it, but, like, the hunger starts eating away at the bad place. Yeah. And then gradually starts eating up, you know, like it does in the Adventure Zone. It's eating the other planes. It's yeah. cutting everything off. And so ultimately you're dealing with, like, being in the good place, cut off by the hunger. Oh, my gosh. I know. I, I feel like um, Janet would be real at threat, or she would be real oh, threatened Janet, by the hunger. Yeah. Janet. What if, what if Janet started forgetting things? Oh, no. They would ask her something, and she would just be like, I, I don't know. You know what? The hunger would, you know who the hunger would have to embody? Who? Derek. Oh, no. I know. I know. It's heartbreaking, but he'd be so affably evil. Oh, my God. What was... There's that line. I can't remember what it is, but he says it's Derek. He just shouts Derek And he's so funny. Yeah. I can't remember. I can't either. But yes, I know the moment that you're talking about, and it's amazing. But yeah, I think like he's out there in Janet's void. Yeah. And the hunger starts coming in, and he's in his box. Yeah. And then he becomes... He's the, the John. Yeah, he becomes the John of this story. Oh, no, Derek. Oh, Wow. Oh, my gosh. That's how you break up with somebody, I guess. That is. Um, I think Janet, and maybe like Captain Davenport helps pull Janet back from the brink. Oh, yeah. Or helps like, he goes in and starts trying to fix uh, fix Janet uh, with Lucas's help, yeah. maybe. You know, they're trying to science it out. Yeah, and Noel. Oh yeah, Noel. Oh yeah, because um, she's a she's not a human either. No, she's a well, she's a human soul. She's a, a halfling soul in a robot yeah. body. Um, so we already got souls flying. Yeah, around. that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, they have to uh, escape. Maybe they like start a resistance base in the in the medium place. They have to like escape. To okay, the medium yeah. Place. And to get there, they're like, oh no, there's nobody answering from the good place or the bad place if there's no way to operate the train and then who's that coming up from the back of the crowd it's graham the juicy wizard Yay! who loves trains oh, and now's man. his time to shine yeah <laughs> um, oh man yeah. um and obviously uh graham would have to hook up with um mindy st Clair. oh yes absolutely yes. graham and mindy uh they for fall sure. in love that's mm-hmm. Some kiss oh, your faces right there. Absolute kiss your faces. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much good stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I want Garfield the Deals Warlock to set up a fantasy Costco in the good place. <laughs> in the good place with like all the puns. Yep. Yes. Uh, maybe he's operating one of the frozen yogurt stands. But then oh he's, yeah. But so this is like the C plot. He is gradually buying out all the other frozen yes. yogurt stands, and so by the end of it, he's running all the frozen. <laughs> I yogurt love stands. that. He's the only one who's like having a real good time yeah, in this. Yeah, he's, he's thriving. Yes. Um, he's great. Yeah, he loves it. Um, so, obviously, everybody comes to realize they're being rebooted. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like in The Good Place, where yeah. Michael admits that, like, okay, we're not going to reboot or this time or... Yeah. Um, you know what would help with that? What? The void fish. <gasps> yes! So, they bring oh, the void fish yay. in and, like, maybe they get, like... Johan and Janet to like 
craft a missive about what is going on yeah. and like feed it to the void fish and which shoots it out so that then they're all aware yeah everybody becomes aware sean gets put on blast <gasps> yeah you know. oh yeah because then all the the other bad place people mm-hmm. would realize that yeah they, it's like the bad place is out of control whereas they've always felt like they were in control exactly um yeah. And so, yeah, this this thing is going to eat them, too. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, maybe it's not that they escape and establish a base of operations at the medium place. Maybe that's where evil Derek is operating out of. <gasps> oh, and so because no. that's where he is right yeah. now. Yeah, uh, that's he's with um, Mindy Saint. Uh, not Mindy, Mindy Sinclair. Sinclair. Uh, yeah, that, she's in the medium place. Oh, she's in the medium. That's right. She's the medium place one. Yeah. Um, I was thinking real Eleanor for some reason. Um, oh, real Eleanor. Uh, but no, because yeah, he he and Mindy Sinclair are shacked up. Oh right yeah, now. that's right. So, oh no. I know, and I could see her being amenable to it. Yeah, because she's like, okay, well, I guess it's something that something's happening. I'm at in least. the middle. Yeah. Right. So I think that yeah. So then they need to like figure it. Once the void fish shoots out and they all realize what's happening, they have to make it to the medium place to do battle. Yeah. Um, and so do do the bad place demons basically join mm-hmm. up with our? I think very cast- easily. Yeah. 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 They get sucked in because they think that they they. I think like. Sean tries to bargain and can't and so he's absorbed but then I think like the the hell the bad place demons um do the same kind of thing they think that they're in charge but they're not in charge yeah and so they get wrapped up in it too and they become the shadow monsters oh man Mm -hmm. oh no it's it's a it's real bad yeah yeah man so big final battle yeah cool stuff happening um I feel like Lucretia hasn't gotten to do much. No. Um, well, she would bring the void fish maybe with um, yeah. with Johan. Yeah, she's bringing Fisher. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe. Yeah, she's the she's the journal keeper, so she's yeah. documenting this, and she obviously knows how to do this. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that like she's coordinate. She starts coordinating. I mean, yeah. they're all sort of falling into their own roles. And you know, it so in a landscape that is the afterlife, we mm-hmm. actually haven't talked about Kravitz much. That is really a good point. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about Kravitz. What's so, he up to? So actually, so maybe, I want to say this actually starts off with Kravitz. Because maybe he, he knows that there is the good place, the bad place, the medium place. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is able to find out that that was where the hunger came, the hunger from. came from. And oh. and he can sense that like th- there are things going missing there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he like, is he like trying to infiltrate to find out more information with Lupin Barry maybe? Mm. But then inadvertently, like they open, they they have a portal open that brings some more of the hunger in and starts strengthening. So like, are they captured or? Are yeah, they, like, well, I think so. Um, and maybe maybe Sean captures them. Oh yeah, because they're they're going in too deep, and mm-hmm. he, and Sean is gonna like he doesn't want it to get out. Yeah, so he ends up capturing. Kravitz, Luke and, Luke and Barry, um, and then Taco is re- being rebooted and oh, thinks, no. and he doesn't remember. Oh no, stuff that's going on. Oh man, I don't know if I can do that to Taco. I, I know, right? Oh, that hurts real hard. But at least, like, he wouldn't not remember that they exist, but he wouldn't remember. He wouldn't know that Where they're... they are. Yeah. So yeah, then they have to go looking for them. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Um. So yeah, I think that that's absolutely happening. Um. I feel like, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at the character list. I feel like Tahani and the, and Lucretia are going to get along well. Yeah. 
Maybe. I think of Lucretia as more serious. Yeah, that's true. I think Lucretia and Michael would get along well mm-hmm. as people who are in charge. Yeah, and Michael's a little goofy, but Lucretia's obviously okay putting up with that. Yeah. I think Tahani would keep trying to like elbow up to Lucretia. Yeah. And like make herself second in command. Yeah. I think, man, maybe she would like um, elbow up to like Killian and mm-hmm. be like, oh, you're very cool and competent. Oh, yeah. I can't like. A little rough and tumble. Yeah. But like, I like the Killian's like, you know, in command yeah. a lot of ways. And Tahani would be like, oh, yes, you're a person in charge. Yeah. I I will impress you. Absolutely. I will. Um, yeah. I think, man, I would just want to like rattle off all my favorite characters from both of these shows. I know. And right. Especially the Adventure Zone. But there are so many of them. And like, I just I want them all to be friends. I know. I just want them all to get um, along delightfully. Yeah. Sloan and Hurley can be there as treants. Um, so, so what does the final battle look like? Um, well, I feel like we need it to involve like, like some kind of element of, again, like of love and, and goodness and, you know, yeah, maybe it's like, so the adventure zone, the culmination was very black and white. Yeah. It was like this idea of the hunger being the ultimate evil because it was just absorbing and and, trying to eat everything. But like. Maybe the reason that it wasn't entirely eradicated was like there there was a little a slight lack of complexity or there was a little bit more complexity needed in what they were doing or how they were thinking yeah. about it. Who better to introduce that kind of complexity than Chidi? Yeah. Um so like Lucretia is like drafting up, okay, we've got our standard plan of attack. This is how we do things. Yeah. And in the same way that Taco was like, Oh, we can cut the herb merles, yeah. like we can cut the bonds. Yeah. Chidi introduces a new wrinkle. Maybe it's we based can... on some kind of moral philosophy. Yeah. And maybe we alter the bonds. Maybe yeah. we don't cut these off. Maybe it's about actually shifting the essence of the hunger. Yeah, which actually I feel like ties very well into kind of the themes of the good place in terms of like yeah. can you grow as a person? Like are you trapped being a good or a bad person or can you mm-hmm. learn to change right and it's not like the the hunger is is evil a force of evil and that's it it's mm-hmm. like does it have a place does it have a purpose yeah like how and, far gone can you be and still be pulled back yeah and and that it's not necessarily a bad thing like it's not an evil force it's just it's doing what it's doing because that's how it was made yeah and because like so much of what john was trying to do was like figure out how everything worked yeah and he just kind of ran out of questions yeah maybe that's it maybe so like john reaches this certainty where he knows the rules of Mm. everything and that becomes everybody on the on his plane becomes the hunger because they're mad at it like that's that's all that there is if anybody can overcomplicate something that someone thinks they know the answer to it's cheating Cheating! so like okay so i think um you know janet has been uh, i'm doing air quotes but killed like we've seen the tragic death of janet being shut down yeah um and lucretia is going to do the same old battle plan we're all going to lead the star blaster and we're going to fight but it's not going to work like then people are despairing because it's like no this didn't work last time it was still around yeah um and so Chidi, I think, uh, maybe works with Lucas and with Noel and with a few of the other folks and like feeds all of his anxious moral complication into Janet. Yeah. On like a quantum level. And then they like send Janet in as like a like a bomb or something. Yeah. To to relay all that back. I like that. She brings frozen yogurt from Garfield because he's running all the stands now. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of frozen yogurt would the hunger want? Oh man. 
Oh man, it has to have sprinkles. Yeah. Yeah. What are the mix-ins? Like despair. Well, I think um, so. It's like that tart yogurt. Where oh, it's like yeah, the it's Greek not, yogurt. Well, yeah, I mean, it's like here's some frozen yogurt. It like says it's vanilla, I, but it's not vanilla. Well, it, it's like this is. I mean, it's I guess the healthy option. They just didn't put sugar in it. Yeah, but it's like I I really just wanted ice cream. Right, I was There's here that, for the sugar. I was here for guilt free sugar. The quote from the Good Place is like humans. You just take something good and ruin it just, just a, a little. little. <laughs> it's, it's the frozen yogurt thing. Yeah. So yeah, maybe like that's the the nexus of this philosophical argument. Is they're like, no, we're going to like show that there's always a way to to complicate something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so I think it's like it's like pulling from star trek but it's reversing the polarity on the hunger as opposed yeah. to destroying it it's right. like no we're going to give the hunger something that it doesn't know the we're answer gonna feed to. the hunger we're gonna feed that hunger we're gonna feed it full of full of froyo yeah <laughs> or or chowder whatever it whichever happens to be <laughs> whichever reboot we're in at the moment exactly <laughs> um boy i'd watch that movie I'd listen to that podcast. Yeah, right? I'd, you, as as you all just did. Yeah, I'd binge that on Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like this crossover. Yeah, me too. I like these two properties quite a bit. Oh, yeah. These yeah. are delightful worlds and I want to live in both of them. Yeah. Well, hey, what if people want to live in some worlds akin to these worlds? Oh, man. What can we do for some recommendations? Um, so if you want more quirky comedies with lovable cast, um, first up, some Michael Schur recommendations. We have Brooklyn Nine-Nine about a police precinct in Brooklyn and their wacky hijinks. Um, the cast is just fantastic. We have talked about this one in conjunction with Buffy, so mm-hmm. go and listen to that episode. Yeah. Um, Parks and Rec about a small town Parks and Recreation Department in Indiana. We have also talked about this oh, one. that's right. With um, Watership Down. Yeah. yeah. So, Michael Schur, you really need to like pay us some royalties, I guess. Yeah, when he does that show about punching babies, we're going to cross it over <laughs> yeah. with something. <laughs> yeah, man. We're just Get waiting, excited. On edge, we're waiting on the edge of our seats. <laughs> yeah, just like a baby. <laughs> exactly. Who's about to be punched? Yep. Oh, he doesn't oh. even know. No, he does. Remember, he did all oh, that right. combat all training. Smarty. Yeah. Yeah, smarmy baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he's equity, so he can do what he wants. Exactly. Um, there's community about a study group at community college. Um, and I'd really only recommend the first few seasons because I think as it goes further along, it kind of falls it, apart a little. It gets less and less support from NBC. They fire and, Dan Harmon. Yeah. It and loses its way, I think, a lot. I think, and it's, I mean, they get to the point of graduation and you're like, it gets. It feels kind of like Saved by the Bell, think, where you're like, "Really? Why are you still here?" I think in a way, in a similar way to, or in a rather in an entirely opposite way to The Good Place, which I think doesn't. It burns through plot, but it always keeps its premise fresh. Yeah. I think Community gets ahead of its own premise. Um, yeah. And but also like. Chevy Chase is a jerk oh, and leaves. Yeah. Like it's, it, it was a much more fraught production. Oh, but, definitely. But yeah, the first two seasons of Community are rock solid. And then I think season three is good. Yeah. Season four is not. Season five was the last one on, on NBC. And then see, and season six was on Yahoo, which I haven't actually finished. And yeah. it's sort of diminishing returns after three. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the cast is fantastic. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Um, Alison Brie. Yeah. Troy and Abbott in the morning. morning. Danny Pudi. Um Oh, uh, what's her name? Yvette Nicole Brown. Jillian Jacobs, Yvette Nicole Brown. Uh, like, yeah, that cast is stacked. It's so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the writing is so sharp in places. Yeah. Like 
And the world building is is as wacky as the good place. Yeah, and they are also a lot of people who are kind of not good people, Mm -hmm. but you love them so much. Compellingly not good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, about a group of lovable dirtbag goofballs. Um, I feel like Jason would fit in real well here, even if they would argue about which footballs are the best. That's true. Blake Bortles. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so for more fantasy comedy crossover, um, Pushing Daisies about a pie baker who can bring the dead back to life and use his abilities to solve crimes. Canceled way too I soon. I think that's a great fit for this one. Yeah, it like it, it. I was thinking about like, oh, like what are other fantasy comedy shows? And like even just the visual aesthetics, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you guys basically use the same set. Yeah. It feels um, very akin to... And we also discussed this one in conjunction with um, Angels in America. Oh, yeah. We're doing all our all our crossover I know, throwbacks. right? These are real good ones. Um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, also featuring a morally ambiguous female lead. Uh, this one has songs. Music. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, um, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So there's... Uh, three seasons out so far, and I think the fourth season that com- that's coming up is the last season. I believe so. So you have time to catch up. Gotta catch them all. Exactly. Um, Third Rock from the Sun, about aliens who pose as a regular human family, um, which kind of has that exploration of, like, what does it mean to be human oh, um, yeah, in, a, in a funny, kind of quirky way. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, so two things I have not seen but have heard good things about um, iZombie and the Santa Clarita Diet. Oh, yeah. About zombie ladies. Yeah, that's right. They're both zombie lady shows. Yeah. Um, um, and again, it's supposed to be like that weird fantasy but spin, but with like a lot of heart and yeah. warmth and, fu- and humor. And, and like iZombie is that, but a procedural. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then it's Drew Barrymore in Santa Clarita. Oh, so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I will check them out if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, Good Omens about an angel and a devil who are friends and an antichrist who has gone missing. Yeah. There's um, a series coming up. Yeah. With, uh, isn't David, David Tennant? Tennant? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's um, uh, the devil. Oh, the devil interesting. One, I, Is it SSL? I forget. Anyway. I think I would have cast him as the angel because I feel like he would look so adorable in like a bookstore. Oh, yeah. No, he, he's really like, he's not gothed out, but no. he's like punked out. Yeah. I, I remember that. Now. And I can't remember who yeah. plays the angel. Nor can I. I about it. Um, I feel like when I was reading the book, I was mentally casting Giles from Buffy as the angel and then, um, Alan Rickman as the devil. And I was like, oh no, guys, you could never make my movie. They would have been great though. I know. Right. And I think, you know, David Tennant can certainly follow in Alan Rickman's fantasy footsteps. Amen to that. Um, and, uh, welcome to Night Vale, a podcast set in a weirdo desert town where you must not enter the dog park. Ever. Ever. And it's, it, you know, it's basically like if you crossed over um, the Twilight Zone with Prairie Home Companion. Mm-hmm. So it like has that kind of weird fantasy vibe, but also somehow heartwarming. Yeah, it can fall into that. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, how about the Adventure Zone? Well, that's a great segue because we're going to talk about some podcasts. Um, if you listen to the Adventure Zone, you are probably already aware of the McElroy fi- family of podcasts. But just in case... Um, all of the McElroys have other podcasts. The The flagship one is My Brother, My Brother and Me, a sort of fake comedy advice podcast that isn't actually all that fake. Sometimes they actually give good advice, uh, but mostly it's goofs. Um, there's Sawbones, which Justin does with his wife, uh, Sydney. There's Schmanners, which Travis does with his wife. Um, oh, no, I forgot her name. I haven't actually listened to Schmanners oh, um, um, outside of, uh, oh, man, I'm a jerk. No, I'll look it up. 
Yeah. And uh, and there's Wonderful, which Griffin does with his wife, Teresa. Uh, wife Rachel. Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. Travis and Teresa. Oh, woof. Um, but yeah, those are like the ones that they do with their their spouses. And then they have so many more. You can go to McElroyShows.com and they have a whole listing of them. There's the My Brother, My Brother and Me TV show, which I think did a nice job of demonstrating how their chemistry works in like live action and is set in their hometown of Huntington, West Virginia. It's real cute. It's really lovely and adorable. Uh, and Justin cries at the end and it's really sweet. Um, there, uh, if you are interested in finding some other tabletop role-playing game podcasts, oh boy, there are a billion of them out there, but some ones that I particularly like and have helped to sort of scratch the itch after balance, um, there are the other Adventure Zone, uh, arcs. Uh, the main one that they're in right now is Amnesty, which is using the Monster of the Week system, but they also took a break between balance and that and tried out a couple other systems with a couple other DMs. You probably know that already if you have listened to the Adventure Zone because they're still doing it. Um, um, and I was thinking like, okay, how do you follow up to something that makes me cry on the elliptical? Mm-hmm. Um, but I've actually really been enjoying the Amnesty podcast. Yeah. Like, and I think if you're a fan of stuff like Buffy, like, absolutely, I think it feeds real well into those good old monster of the week feelings. Yeah, it feels like a pilot for an episode in a new series yeah. in a lot of ways. And I think it's really, it's been a fun change in structure. Um, but if you really like D&D, uh, some D&D podcasts, I mean, that's mostly what my podcast feed is these days. Uh, so here's some recommendations. I'm a huge fan of Acquisitions Incorporated, the C-Team. Um, it is one of the uh, the Penny Arcade D&D podcasts, uh, but it is uh, just a delightful group of people. It is much more of a long-running D&D classic style game so it has less of like the really cohesive narrative of the Adventure Zone but the players are amazing their chemistry is very similar and they all bounce off each other really well Uh, and so it has been the closest for me to like what I got from the Adventure Zone I get from Acquisitions Inc. the C-Team and really can't recommend it enough it's also incredibly kind-hearted inclusive and just lovely Uh, it's great go check it out Um, Dice Camera Action which is an officially licensed like Wizards of the Coast produced D&D podcast it's been running forever uh, but it's also really good it also crosses over with the C team, which is how I fell into it. Um, there's Critical Role, which is like the granddaddy of live play podcasts. It's responsible for a lot of D&D's current exposure and popularity, um, but there's a reason for it. And they recently started a new arc, um, which they're not too deep into, so you can start without being incredibly lost. Um, I forget what episode number it is, but it's the new the new chapter or the new story that they're doing. Um, there's the podcast Dungeons Dice and Everything Dice, which is a group of awesome women playing D&D, and they're just delightful. They uh, all, all the characters run a butcher shop together in town and it's really silly and fun Um, and then if you are interested in similar to Adventure Zone hearing a lot of different play styles and different types of tabletop games uh, Friends at the Table is a really good one Um, they they have just gazillions of episodes, but they cycle through different game systems and they do a cool job of showing what's really great about the mechanics of each one. And they're all just fun people. And then of course you can just play Dungeons and Dragons. That's my biggest recommendation. It's a really fun game. You should check it out. And if you don't know how to find a game or don't know how to get started, drop me a line. We'll figure something out. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I can make some recommendations. Um, But yeah, I think those are some 
recommendations for our crossover world. Yeah, I think those are those are enough to keep you busy. Absolutely. Uh, well, Annie, if people want some other things to keep them busy, where can they find more Crossover Appeal content? Um, they can find all of our Crossover Appeal content, including the show notes at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, you can email us with your favorite uh, Adventure Zone animatics, which are the things that I watch the yeah. most on YouTube, uh, at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can join our, or follow our, like our Facebook page, whatever it is, yeah, um, which is Crossover Appeal Podcast, and you can share your what you would feed the hunger on your sad frozen yogurt. Oh, yeah. What is the hunger's, fro- what's their mix-in? Yeah. What's the mix-in for the hunger? Um, you can tweet at us with your favorite Good Place gifts. Um, there are billions of them at Crossover I Appeal. can't believe we actually didn't use more fake swears in this episode now that I yeah. think about it. Man, we had the snakes all queued up yeah. and ready to go. Yeah, oh, exactly. Fork that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a good Twitter Twitter link at Crossover Appeal. Yeah, um, and most importantly, maybe you can subscribe on iTunes and rate and review us. Mm-hmm. And, oh, we um, forgot to hear the contest. Well, that's what I was going to say right yeah, now. good. Um, so we went to see the Adventure Zone live show when they were releasing their um, graphic novel. Oh, which um, I should probably recommend as well. Oh, yeah. Read their graphic novel. It's the first arc. It's, of, it's great. Yeah. Anyway. It's the first arc and then they made art for it and it's awesome. It's delightful. <laughs> um, so you don't even have to actually listen to the first arc. You can just read the yeah, graphic read novel it. first. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ordered. Co- so I think Walt ordered a copy or mm-hmm. pre-ordered it. You pre-ordered I, it. I think I probably pre-ordered it because then two came in the mail. Yep. And then we went to the live show and each got a copy there. So we have four copies in our house right now. Right. I I don't want to say we don't need four copies because that seems like a lie. We certainly want four copies. But I think if we want to get into the good place, um, we should give away some copies. Absolutely. um, Like good people will to people who may not have one of their Mm -hmm. own. Um, So... If you leave us a rating and review, um, leave us a review on iTunes. Yeah, you want to see the first three, um, or we'll pick three randomly from yeah. the like of, the, of new reviews of new reviews. Yeah. yeah, we'll pick three randomly by the next show, and we will send you uh, a copy of the of the Adventure Zone graphic novel. Yeah, one of those copies will be signed. I think because a couple the, of them are. Well, we well, we're gonna hold on to one of the. Oh yeah, for us. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, <laughs> I think I can't remember because I guess the ones that we pre-ordered were not. Signed. No, the ones that we got at the show. Are. Okay. So what we're saying, we're giving away three copies of the Adventure Zone graphic novel. One of them is signed. Yeah. We will randomly select the winners by the group of people who leave us ratings and reviews between now and the next show. Yeah. Um, and if no one does, then I guess we have four copies just, of a book. We still get some more Aha. copies. Hey. Um, so yeah, that's a cool thing that you should go do. Yeah. Um, and lastly, just a quick two plugs. Um, if the, I mentioned last episode that I wrote an original Sherlock Holmes, uh, radio play that is now posted online. You can get it at huntingtontheaterorg slash fog F O G. Um, it's a really cool project that came together in a really fun way. And, um, if you live in Boston, you can listen to it while walking through some fog sculptures. Yeah. And it's, um, it's going to be fall in like a couple days. So exactly. spooky. spooky times. Um, and I just recorded a guest spot on another delightful podcast that you I'll be listening to called I'm Horrified. Uh, they are truly, del- well, 
they're delightful and then you'll be Their horrified are not yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh ali rayner and sam buntich two amazing podcasters who um every episode they talk about two things that horrify them and the 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 podcast itself is great i was on talking about gamergate and i had a lot of fun uh talking about this terrible thing with them and that show is going to come out uh next monday so it'll be up uh a little under a week from when this goes up Woo-hoo. Yeah. Um, but I think with that complete, we have now exhausted our options and we have no <gasps> no choice but to fade off into the darkness and think some more about the good place. Yeah. And Maybe try and make Bodo snuggle on the couch for a minute. Oh, yeah. Our, our dog's laying on the couch, so it's probably time to go snuggle with him. So we're going to do a real quick sign off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Uh, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. 